Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we have a great show for you today. We are here with Katherine Harris um, of Crow Lady Healing, who is here uh, again for a return visit. Um, and today we're, we're chatting with her new program um, that's all about weight loss for goddesses. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much. It's so great to be on with you again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's really interesting because, um, you know, when I really, really loved your kind of um, your connection, you know, I was reviewing our, our last conversation together and, um, you know, your, your connection to the crow and the kind of healing work that you do uh, when you really resonate with the, the, that animal. And I had a dream that I was having a crow, that I was talking to a crow through a window. And I, I feel like <laughs> it was so representative of, of me having a conversation with you and kind of, you know, this, this virtual conversation through this, this little window that we get to peek, peek through at each other from your host to, so to the fun. station. <laughs> yeah. so Absolutely. Uh, so, so tell us a little bit about, um, about who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, um, I'm a registered nurse. A Reiki master, an EFT practitioner, energetic healer, and a clinical aromatherapist. So I kind of combine all of those tools and I help people pretty much, you know, transform their lives using the energetic clearing tools that are really powerful. So, um, and I do some of that. I had been doing some of that online and some in person, Obviously, things have moved more online for that, which is kind of fun because that was the direction I was headed. I also create a lot of herbal products um, with my Crow Lady Herbals brand. And um, I've been, it's been a lot of fun this summer. We've been growing lots of CBD hemp plants so that we can uh, mix it with this balsam oil that I make that's amazing for uh, muscle pain. So it's um, it's been very fun. That's one thing that was good about the whole quarantine and pandemic because we got to spend a lot of time growing plants. Um, but often in December, I have a big, uh, where I work at Franklin Medical Center has a big craft fair and I kind of spend the whole fall pulling together all of my different products. And that's not happening this year, which is, um, you know, I've been doing it probably the last 10 years. So it's kind of freed up this energy. You know, usually I spend all of November frantically trying to pull everything together in a peaceful and marvelous way. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes I feel like, oh, wait, breathe. I'm putting Reiki and magic into these things, you know, and the whole house is covered in bottles and stuff. So it's it's been interesting to kind of shift my focus and something that I've really been wanting to um, help women with. You know, what I find when I work with people is that, and just being in the world, is that a lot of women struggle with issues around weight loss and body confidence and self-love and health and how do you be healthy and eat food and live in this world, you know, all of that stuff. So I've been uh, creating a program. I've uh, run the program a couple of times. It's great. And this time it's going to be online. So that's really fun, you know, for me to kind of be pulling that together more and more. And it's 
it's it's such a complicated, tender, kind of overwhelmingly intense in so many ways issue that it's been really interesting to try and help people deal with it and release a lot of that so that they can be much more relaxed around their bodies and their lives and how they see themselves. So it's really, it's been very rewarding. How, how is, is weight loss a, a complicated and, and tender issue for people or, or maybe something that you've experienced or observed? Yes. Well, I know there's a, I mean, so many ways just because for many of us, there's a kind of logical idea of like, oh, if you eat healthy food and move your um, calories in, calories out, there's this kind of logical way that we think of weight loss and why it should be easy and why everyone quote unquote fails at it. You know, so there's, there's that notion and like work harder, work, you know, I mean, there's so much misinformation because most diets don't work and most people just gain back more, you know, there's, so there's a, a level of desperation people have often, especially kind of menopausal women who have suddenly gained 20 pounds, don't have any idea where it came from, how to fix it. And maybe have been using, like many of us, using uh, food as a kind of an emotional crutch when things are stressful and overwhelming. Uh, people turn to food. It's a very normal response. It's very soothing, uh, but it can kind of uh, build up so that emotional eating is like a huge issue for people. Um, food addiction is another issue where it's they're actually physiologically addicted to the food. So it becomes kind of so consuming, they revolve their life around it. Um, is that even in is subtle, the, but also, oh, sorry, totally socially condoned ways. Is the, is the food addiction, is that the additives that are put in to food? Is it li like, you know how they say sometimes like cheese is, has, is very addicting or like MSG or, um, you know, is it, is it something like inside the food or is it sort of the, the, um, kind of like mental, emotional component of addiction? Food addiction. I want to say yes. Yes, <laughs> you're like, all, all of it. Check, check, check. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's so interesting just because it's the, um, there's the physiologic response just because you get a dopamine hit. Like when you eat, you get, uh, it does give you enough dopamine and gives you kind of like a numbing of the tender nerve endings. So, um, you're not physically, but like the emotional nerve endings that people feel um, triggered or stressed and they reach for food because it kind of, it's distracting. And it dulls that pain and angst. So there's that kind of addiction. And then there is, you know, a true physiologic addiction, like things like caffeine, we know is addictive. Chocolate is addictive. I just read a study from who was Scientific American saying pizza is the most addictive food. So it's our consuming something, the physiologic response, and then our wanting that again, hmm. even if it's not necessarily good with us, good for us. And then the additives and the preservatives, you know, and then there's the whole world of um, like Frankenstein foods, you know, foods that are made so that people consume them, even though it's not healthy, you know, like the magic of whatever it is in Coca-Cola that is so delicious, but in no way good for you in the slightest, but you, you still, I mean, I work with this lovely woman who just can't stop drinking her Coke. You know, she's tried so many different ways, so many different, she's so healthy in so many ways, but it is actually an addiction. So often, you know, in the weight loss for goddesses, we're working towards figuring out what our kind of internal hunger system is and what we want and what our body wants. And it can get very co-opted by the addictions. So, um, 
you know, one of the first steps we take before like, you know, uh, changing our food necessarily is doing a lot of tapping exercises and journaling exercises around those food addictions because they can be cleared. Um, and the awareness of them is so helpful and illuminating. So sometimes, you know, some people say food isn't addictive, which I mean, there's research that shows that it is. And that if people perceive, you know, it feels so out of control around it, that that is an addiction. So it, it can be very, very freeing to be released of that. So so during this kind of weight loss um, for goddesses program that you've created, you're kind of looking at these, um, your, your normal hunger cycles, the kind of patterns of food that you're bringing in, and you're bringing in a lot of um, energetic like uh, movements as well as as well as the aromatherapy. So you're you're kind of tackling weight loss from a lot of different angles here. Yes, yes, and it's it's um it's almost like the weight loss program I would have wished I could have had. You know, I gained some weight when I had my kids, and it's so interesting just because also another. I mean, there's so many reasons why weight loss can be so fraught, and one of the reasons too is that people eat because they're frustrated, lonely, sad, overwhelmed, you know, all those reasons. And they also eat because, you know, there's something that they want to do. There's some way they want to change their life. There's some movement they have to make in their life. And that's scary. So instead of doing that, instead of seeing that, instead of really um, walking into that, uh, we eat. And then we also use the fact that we're quote unquote overweight to distract us. It becomes the distraction. Oh, and people have this whole loop set up in their head where it's like, well, once I lose the weight, then I can do that. You know, once I lose the weight and get healthy, then I can do that. I'll buy that new wardrobe. Once I lose the weight. And it's, uh, um, it's tragic because you're actually using that as just a little loop to keep you away from what you really need to deal with whether that is following whatever your soul is calling you to do, which isn't the most comfortable, maybe your easy thing to do in your regular life. Or a lot of people have uh, issues around, oh, if I, you know, my mom was always overweight. If I lose weight, I'll kind of uh, abandon her. You know, there's a lot of it. When Oprah lost all that weight at some point, uh, she said that so many women wrote her and said, like, you abandoned me, you left me. And that response to Adele when she uh, lost weight, people were furious, you know, like there is this feeling that if you lose weight and get healthy, you're betraying those people that you had kind of bonded with over weight loss. Um, there's also issues around people feeling um, like less like they'll attract attention if they don't lose the weight and get the clothes they want and live the life they want, you know, they won't attract as much attention, which might feel dangerous to them. You know, understandably, women sometimes would rather be invisible and rather not be sexualized and rather not be looked at. And so sometimes they use that idea that, oh, well, if I, I mean, it's all, so much of this is unconscious, you know, but that a lot of people have that fear of being seen. So they do things that they think will kind of mask them. And one of those things is to gain weight. And then, of course, I mean, what's so tricky, you know, when I kind of entered this world of weight loss, what's so challenging is because the body positivity movement, like I totally am with it, you know, and I and I really think the idea that we should all women should be skinny and have flat abs is like the most absurd thing I've ever seen or heard in my life. It's all a lie. 
And that my job, I'm a labor and delivery nurse, so I see all these beautiful bodies and all this diversity of shape and size and age and pregnant and recently pregnant. You know, it's it's all so beautiful. I can't believe how limiting our idea of what women are supposed to look like and how much energy and time and focus we're supposed to spend on looking that way that is this idealized, false, mythic, absurd version, which is why I chose the name Weight Loss for Goddesses because I think every woman is a goddess. Like, how could you not be? You're this living, breathing, amazing creature. Um, so let's figure out a way to lose weight that's healthy and brings your soul and your body and your connection to the earth all together. Yeah, that's, that is a complicated and tender subject when you really start pulling all of those pieces apart. It really can be, you know, it really, it is. And I think a lot of people don't want to ask for help with it because they've failed so many times before, you know, whatever failed means, you know, these ideas of, um, I'm going to do this strict thing. I'm going to do willpower. You know, these ideas that they don't have enough willpower. There's all these uh, feelings that people have that make it very challenging to move forward alone sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really liked one of your blog posts that you had, and it was like, just begin again of this sort of affirmation of like, just begin again. And, um, and you know, on the post, it's like, healing is a spiral process. I, I love that. And I, I'd like you to um, to speak a little bit more about that affirmation and how that, how that folds into the practice. Yes, perfect. I mean, that's one of the, there's eight principles to losing weight like a goddess. And that is one of them because it's so important because not only does it embody self-love and forgiveness, and then also that whole, just start again, you know, and I've studied a lot of meditation and I have a very jumpy mind, you know, so I've had to really use that myself. You know, that's one of the first things you learn in meditation is your mind goes, you know, soaring off into some other direction. That's fine. You know, just collect it back like you would collect a child who'd gone wandering off, you know, no need to get upset um, or blame or guilty or anything. just, you know, come on back, we'll start again. And that is really helpful in many things in life, but especially in the world of, it kind of is to reprogram that idea that you're either good or bad, or there are either good foods or bad foods, or you're either on the wagon or off the wagon. You know, all these ideas that don't actually serve kind of, human beings who are complicated and, you know, have, I mean, for women to the cycles, you know, people's eating changes so much around their monthly cycles that you kind of have to keep that in mind and accommodate your human am animal body in this odd culture that has all these foods that aren't really what our body would necessarily choose if our, you know, brain and taste buds hadn't met all these crazy foods. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I full on carb load the day or two before my period. I'm yeah. <laughs> I just, I am like, why am I eating all this stuff? And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm on track. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's so neat when you know that, cause you're not like, what the hell's wrong with me? You know, why am I doing this? It's like, oh, honey, oh, the period's coming great. You know, like we can, um, we can have some carbs, you know, like it just, there, to me, there's like a sweetness in being engaged with your body in that kinder way, you know, which again, I love the spiral just because, you know, we are all going to age. We all are going to get old and get injured and get, you know, like that, that the goal can't be to look like a model and be firm. And like, it's just so absurd. The goal would be to be comfortable in your 
beautiful body as it ages and supporting it in whatever way you can. And that it's just this, um, I think so much of life is really spirals, especially for women or in the kind of feminine mindset. And I think so much of how we deal with things is that kind of linear arrow that really doesn't work or serve us. And so, um, and I'm learning all about permaculture, which is so fun. A lot of their gardens are in these beautiful spirals. And I think it's just such a beautiful symbol of how human wisdom and learning and knowledge is actually acquired. Before um, you kind of had touched on how um, you you had gained a little bit of weight around um, having a couple of kids, um, can you tell us a little bit about really what um, your kind of personal journey around creating this program was all about? Yes. So interesting. I think I probably started with the, I have all these energetic tools, you know, like tapping and Reiki and then the aromatherapy. And I think I probably, I definitely tried things like Weight Watchers, you know, and then it was so funny. I would go to Weight Watchers, which I don't know if people have been there, but you go, uh, you weigh in. And then after I weighed in, I would drive through McDonald's and get, I remember it was like, it's like a McGriddle, which is like maybe like an egg sandwich on a pancake. I don't know. It was this oh my gosh. absurd. Like, and I, the, the kid was in the car, you know, I was like, this is cool. What are we doing? Like, <laughs> it was such a bizarre response. And it was like a response, this like, you know, this like feral response to being forced to publicly weigh myself, being forced to feel shame. I mean, I was forcing myself. I'm not blaming Weight Watchers, but just the, the dynamic of it. And then they have all these foods for sale that, that just taste like metal. You know, like they're terrible. These like bars that I'd be like, oh, I'll buy some chocolate bars. You know, it was, <laughs> and I had really, I had uh, worked at Whole Foods when I uh, was going through nursing school. I had worked in co-ops before when I lived in other places. Like I knew about food. I knew um I eat healthy, but it was this kind of hope that if I bypass what I know are my body's normal kind of urges for like real food um, and do this weird forced kind of chemical food diet, it'll somehow work. You know, like that this kind of masculine no notion of like no pain, no gain and uh, forcing myself to follow these rules and do this kind of sh potentially shaming action was going to be motivating. And clearly my deeper psych was like, absolutely not. We're going to eat a McGriddle um, yeah. <laughs> in this parking lot. And, be, and my friend actually said that her mom had been going to Weight Watchers for years with a group of friends. And they all, um, none of them had lost any weight, but they loved it because after they weighed in, they'd all go get Sundays at Friendly's. <laughs> it was a social outing. Exactly. And it's, it's this funny, so, so that dynamic didn't work for me. And I, um, I actually got a coach. Um, so funny, my kids are older now, so I'm having to think back. But I got a coach who, uh, it was pleasurable weight loss. And it was this whole idea that enjoying your body, you know, enjoying your food, enjoying, uh, you know, wearing comfortable clothes, moving your body in a way that really serves you and feels good. It was kind of revolutionary for me, you know, and, and I, she was my mentor for a long time. And she had um she would just kind of she helped to guide me to this idea that you know your body thrives on self-love you know your 
And that's so much of why you're eating, you know, that weight gain is a cry for help from your body and your soul. And again, not weight gain. Everybody who's not at their ideal weight is like soul is crying, but just for individuals, if you're having a dilemma with weight and you can't lose it and you're really, um, you know, I do find this is just like a little aside that, that I do think most people should weigh more than their, what their ideal weight is. You know, their ideal weight is, is probably from when they were 16 years old. So to kind of release that and let that go and kind of love the body you're in and be healthy and, and really use your, like realize that your body is an instrument, like you're housed in this incredible instrument that lets you interact with the world, but also it's, you know, it's, it's what tells you, you know, I really try and follow my intuition and believe that um, the intuition is so powerful and we can learn so much by it and our lives can be guided by it and that you sense your intuition in your body so that so much of the work I've done is just becoming sensitive to what my body needs and wants and what works for my body and then using that information to get my body to a place where it's happy enough, it can kind of easily guide me to make the choices I want to make, not only about food and um, and drinks and sleep, but also just about life, you know, that, um, and so that was really wonderful. I worked with her for a long time and became friends with her. Um, and then she kind of moved on to something else. And I was like, oh, I, I've learned so much. I can do this now. And I kind of added um, my energetic tools and my aromatherapy to make it I don't want to say more comprehensive because she was great, but just to make it different, you know, to make it my own. So, um, so yeah, so that was, and then there's, I have so much to share and to say on the topic. It has been uh, challenging, but also really fun to kind of sift it down to eight principles. And each of those is very dense, but also each is very simple. And so much of what I do when I'm working with someone is just, um, you know, a lot of journaling, a lot of, energetic work of clearing stuff and a lot of figuring out like, what do you want? What does your body want? Can you tell us a little bit about some of the, the energetic work that you do? I know you mentioned the, um, the EFT tapping as well. Is, is aromatherapy considered energy work? Do do you kind of lump it into that category as well? I think, I mean, not usually, but in, in some ways, yes, you know, because it is this marvelous in um, weight loss or kind of awareness around food, you can use it as a, almost a distraction is what it's so useful as I have this blend, you know, that has these great oils in it that just kind of resets your brain. You know, it really is, it does work on such an energetic, almost kind of like auric level. Um, but it's also very scientific, like peppermint reduces your cravings and it, it um, makes you satiated much quicker, you know, which was what a study came out that said that. So they're both kind of scientific and energetic. I mean, not that energetic isn't scientific, more concrete and also energetic. So you, so there's the, it, with, within part of the Weight Loss for Goddesses program, you have um, some aromatherapy, you have um, the EFT tapping, and does, is Reiki folded into that? Or is that just part of your, your uh, you know, cabinet of, of tricks behind the scenes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it depends on the person. And depends on, uh, so it's kind of like we work on each of these topics and we use these energetic, but yeah, so it's tapping and tapping is so great because anyone can do it themselves. You know, you're kind of empowered, you get this tool and then you can use it um, 
when you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed or like you want to eat. Um, tapping is really great too because you can also, there's certain, um, this tapping routine that's so amazing where you're actually tapping on the receptors in your brain. I mean, you're tapping on, you know, like you usually do on your body, but you're, you're telling yourself you're tapping on the dopamine receptors and actually, it actually helps you decrease your physical cravings which has been really powerful. You know, when I first did it, I was like, well, this is weird, but it's worked <laughs> for me and for clients. So, so you can use it in the tapping. You can use in a lot of different ways with eating and food and such and exercise. You know, a lot of people are very averse to moving their bodies and exercising just from, you know, childhood shame, so many terrible spinning classes, injuries. Like there's so many reasons that people are like, no, no, I'm a couch potato, you know, but you can kind of tap on those and release those because people, our bodies do want to move, you know. Um, but but the kind of, um, one of my favorite tools in my toolbox is Emotrance, it's called. It's this energetic healing um, that I learned from this woman in Britain. And it is, it's just this lovely process that, um, you know, I can do online with people or I can do when I'm physically with them where you just kind of help move stuck energy with this idea that, you know, you can, and the person is very involved. So you can say like, where is it you feel that in your body? And then we kind of work on that together and move it through. And that has been very powerful for people. And it once moved, it's, it's, it's gone, which is really neat too, because it's, um, you know, I'll see people later and be like, how's that clutching, terrible, anxious feeling in your chest? And like, oh, I haven't had it since, you know, and it was something they'd had uh, their whole life or someone had just had a double mastectomy and was feeling very guarded and distressed and overwhelmed. And afterwards she's like, Oh no, I'm fine. You know, just, it's a really cool, gentle, um, but powerful technique. So I love to pull that one out because it's really, and people are kind of like, I don't know if this is going to work. And then it, <laughs> it does, you know, which is really neat. Yeah. Energy work is so powerful. I have, I have such deep appreciation for, it's like, you don't always have to process things and go through the, yes. the labyrinth of the mind there's there's totally. plenty of different avenues to do that in a really healthy way too but sometimes it's nice just to move it on out yep just let it totally. go yeah and I think it's so freeing too because then you don't as you're saying like you don't have to be able to verbalize it because to verbalize it you have to know you know like there's that whole like you said the labyrinth of the mind is a beautiful way to put it so yeah it's it's really fun to be able to use these tools that can be so powerful. So Catherine, tell us, um, what are the, the eight kind of different topics that you cover when you're, when you're assisting somebody in their, in their weight loss, their kind of healthy body journey? I don't even really love, I have to be honest, I don't love the weight loss because I feel like the, the term weight loss, because it has so much, um, yeah, like you said, it's a complicated and tender subject, but it just, I feel like everyone that I hear that says diet or weight loss, it just comes with so much like, Ugh, you know, so I, I really, I love the, the body positivity movement. Um, I don't know if you ever follow Lizzo, the, um, the musician on, on Instagram, she's all about yeah. the body positivity. Um, and sometimes it can, her, her, uh, her Instagram can be a little sexy, but uh, she definitely, definitely really talks about deliberately talks about the body positivity and she's she's a very healthy athletic individual and super creative and it's um yeah it's it's really nice to be able to see a whole another um kind of generation of of women embracing their the the shape and all shapes and sizes absolutely absolutely and that's why in some ways it's been funny because i've been a bit ambivalent about 
I mean, I love the name weight loss for goddesses because it's taking this thing and then trying to make it much more like weight loss and then making, shifting it to be something more divine and universal. But I totally hear you. And it's, it's challenging because for a long time I was like, well, I don't want to do this because I don't want anyone to feel bad about what they weigh. And I love Lizzo. I mean, I love all, you know, just, I, I follow a lot of people on social media who are all about body positivity and all against diet culture. And I'm all in, and I love that um, idea that the body knows. And that I do believe that the overculture and the patriarchy we live in has imposed impossible body standards on women to take away our power and distract us. You know, I do think it's pathological in so many ways, which is why I was almost annoyed with my intuition, which I mentioned before that I try and follow because it kept bringing me back to this and kept bringing me back to this. And eventually, you know, like I am trying to make my peace with kind of straddling the, the worlds, you know, and kind of embrace bodies as beautiful, whatever they are. And then also understand that, you know, like for me, part of why I wanted to lose weight was that um, I was, I had sleep apnea, you know, like I was, I didn't have official sleep apnea, but my husband was convinced I did, you know, I was snoring so loud. I felt sick a lot of the time um, just because I turned out I was eating foods that, you know, I, I didn't know I was gluten intolerant. Um, and I had, I've had some autoimmune things happen. And I also have a, you know, I needed back surgery from being a nurse, but also being, um, being, being overweight by 30 pounds did not help me in any of those things. And I said to my, uh, healthcare provider recently, something about, you know, like body positivity and really wanting to embrace that. And she was like, yes, of course I'm all for that. But as we get older, the joints and the feet, you know, I, that your body does, you know, a healthy body can come in all shapes and sizes. But for many of us, if we're holding a lot of abdominal weight from not moving and eating foods that aren't great for us, that it will become a potentially a problem as we age. Absolutely. Um, you know, which, and I hate, so I want it to be a place where, um, women who are like, all right, I need to deal with this, but I'm not going to hate on myself, uh, could come, you know, a place where women, cause a lot of people struggle with weight and then just feel bad about themselves. So I wanted to be a place that like, it's, oh, cause also it becomes a thing. Like people are embarrassed to say that they're worried about their weight or dieting. Cause they don't want to uh, be giving into the, um, diet culture, you know, which, so I totally get that too. So it's a complicated place for so many reasons. And I'm trying to kind of bridge that and be a place that says it's okay to want to lose weight and be more healthy. Let's look, examine your motivations. Let's do it for health and vibrancy and let's do it in a way that's really loving and sustainable. And um, if you're just tuning in, we're chatting with Catherine Harris, and we're talking about her program, Weight Loss for Goddesses. Um, Catherine, can you tell us a little bit about, um, I know you mentioned that there's these kind of eight different topics that you reach these eight different core principles. Um, can you kind of just like run down the list? Um, and I know you said they're all quite densely packed, but just just kind of a, a checklist to tell us um, where, where, where we're looking at when we start really delving into these areas of our life. Yeah, absolutely. So the first one, you know, I came up with this because I realized like, oh, for me, I realized that the reason I never completed that, that the reason I was going to Weight Watchers and then eating that weird McGriddle thing 
was because I was resistant to losing weight because I had all these, um, and again, with energy work and clearing, a lot of these ideas are so irrational and illogical and subconscious, but I had all of these things about, um, I just that that I had to clear through tapping, you know, these emotional blocks to losing weight. Um, and it was these things so odd, like, but if I'm a mother, I have to be like a mother bear. I have to be big to protect my kids. I can't be too small. Um, um, what else that I didn't want to be? Um, sorry, my dog is barking. That's okay. I, um, just all of these kind of um, issues that were very individual, very deep, and just that I had to clear, you know, so I realized a lot of people have issues around weight, and they keep cycling through the losing weight and gaining it back, or they keep distracting themselves with a diet because they need to clear the emotional blocks to weight loss. And for everyone, they're different, but there are some, um, you know, that idea I was saying before, is it disloyal? What happens if I succeed? What if I can't change? You know, all of those things. So first we deal with that, because that's often the most powerful thing that's causing us um, to sabotage ourselves. And then number two is eat to feel good. So instead of having a program or a diet or a strict way of eating, you're actually paying attention to your body and seeing what feels good in your body to eat, uh, which was revolutionary for me. Now it seems so crazy, but that was a, um, a huge thing. And it's, you know, it's a, it's an art, it's a, it's a practice. So uh, that's number two. Number three is to move your body, which again is another one. I'm someone who, when my kids were young, I, I go spinning in like the pitch dark um, in the, you know, the gym. Oh my God, it was a nightmare. You know, I have a lot of negative associations with exercise that I was doing to kind of not necessarily punish myself, but just to try and get rid of the weight as quick as possible. You know, that, that the motivation for movement for many of us is not pleasure and what our bodies want. So that's revolutionary, you know, that um, to do yoga, if you like yoga, to do walking, to do swimming, to do bike riding, to figure out what your body wants, what works for your body, and then move your body. And then four is conquer food addiction, which we talked um, some about, you know, just the, there's different tapping techniques to help deal directly with addiction mm -hmm. and clearing that, which um, is very powerful. And that again, is so freeing because then you're not, you have this, you know, internal operating system that's not being co-opted by a physical addiction. Uh, five is discover your true hunger. So that's figuring out, you know, like, what am I masking by all this eating and this distraction? What am I actually wanting to be or become? Uh, to me, a lot of the reason people overeat is, again, that distraction from what's the next step they want to take in their life to be their true self? Like what's the most honest and soulful thing they can do. And for many of us, it's not convenient. It's not appropriate. You know, like it's, um, you know, I want to go dance under the moon uh, on the full moon, you know, and it's like, Oh, you can't, the kids, you know, there's always these excuses why we can't do what we want. So right, right. what is your true hunger? I, I love that phrase, like, what is your true hunger? And it, it takes the idea of hunger and puts it into something that is not quite so literal, but much more of a, a metaphor, a spiritual journey. Absolutely, absolutely. And also another thing it is, is often people, you know, are wanting to be touched and wanting to be sexual. And that's totally, for whatever reason, not happening. So then they go to food. Like, that's another thing that I 
sometimes forget to mention. So yeah, it's really, there's a lot of things that our physical bodies and our soulful bodies are hungry for that we use food to distract us from. That's great. And then six is um, kind of developing a practice where you love and care for your body and move that out into the world. You know, I do feel like um, one of the things that's great about learning to really feel a lot of self-love, which is kind of the core of the whole program, is to really cultivate self-love and caring for your body, but then to also the kind of impulse that happens when you are are really loving yourself is to kind of take that out and move it into the world and see how you can help others. You know, what can you do to, to love the world? What can you do to share your gifts? So it's, um, it's generally kind of taking all the principles you've learned and taking it out into the world kind of being, once you know your hunger and you know how to listen to your body and you know how your body wants to move and eat, then how do you take that out into the world? Kind of, because it does give you a lot more, power and that that intuition that you're connected to is really a quite a powerful gift um and then number seven is begin again which um we talked about already just that idea that it, anywhere in this whole process you know there's no failure there's no you know it's just another opportunity to ask some questions and be aware you know um and to forgive yourself and start again and we do a lot of you know we have tools for forgiveness as well and then number eight is just to live a life you love, you know, so, you know, how is it your responsibility to be your full self and live out yourself in the world? You know, what, what does that look like? You know, so the idea is to kind of love your body, love yourself, heal your relationship with food in your body so you can trust your intuition and then just move forward to like create a life where things aren't holding you back Beautiful. and you're giving back to the community. So it's really, it's a very comprehensive journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Catherine, do you have any, um, if somebody was, was tuning in and they're like, all right, well, how, how am I going to get started connecting to what my body actually is hungry for? Or, you know, like where, where do I start when I'm kind of getting rid of some of these, um, these belief systems? Uh, do you have any little, little tips that people who maybe are, are driving and, and tuning in today can kind of just, just start exploring on their own? Any kind of fun little, little exercises that we can practice together? Yeah. Well, one of the things is um, mindful eating, you know, just being aware of when you eat and kind of noticing if you're hungry, you know, that is, um, it doesn't, it's not, doesn't sound super fun, but it is, you know, it's, um, something that's really revealing. You know, I remember the first time I got some, uh, email that was like a totally stressful email and I read it and then I just stood up and went to get food and I was like, Oh, that's emotional eating. You know, like I was eating because I didn't want to deal with that email and so I was just going to distract myself, you know, so having that's awareness. like the holiday season, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> that's basically from October to the end of December for most people. <laughs> totally, totally. And also it's so interesting for how I was remembering that we used to go up to um, Burdick's in Walpole, New Hampshire. It's this beautiful little chocolatier. It's this like beautiful shop and they have hot cocoa that's like a melted chocolate bar in heavy cream. You know, it's insanely decadent and delicious in the mouth. You know, I, um, and so we used to drive up there sometimes on like a Saturday, it's like a, um, 
think like a little over an hour from here. And I would drink this little cup, you know, it's like a demi test. It's like this small serving of it. And um, then I would feel profoundly nauseous. I would um, like on the way home, I remember once I was like reclining with the window open, like I was going to throw up and I knew <laughs> it was because of the drink, but I had just driven an hour for the drink. And so it was, I almost feel like for me, so much of my pleasure came from food and my family were very much enjoy eating food and enjoy eating junk food. You know, we have a joke that a recipe for um, trifle called for leftover cake. And we were like, what's that? You know, it was a, um, how could anyone ever have leftover cake? You know, we kind of, <laughs> um, so, so that was the fun was the eating and then even feeling a little gross afterwards. Like that was part of the fun. And I remember lying in the car being like, Oh, I could make a better, healthier choice and not feel this way. And I could find things that made me feel pleasure other than driving an hour to drink this drink that made me feel sick. You know, and again, it sounds so basic, but I think a lot of us eat food that makes us feel bad because it feels good in the moment and we have childhood associations with it or, um, or it kind of dampens other things. It distracts us from things that might be uncomfortable in our life. So having some awareness when you go to eat something and when you go to grab um, or when you're going to drive through McDonald's, you know, whenever you're doing something like that, just to pause and not say, oh, my God, don't do that. But just to say, this is so interesting. What's happening here? What's the motivation? And that was the other thing I was going to say is that um, I do a self-love challenge, you know, which is like five days of all these really fun self-love exercises that I'm trying to rack my brain for. Um but just changing your self-talk, like noticing your self-talk and then shifting it is such a huge, it's just such a huge way that we poison our lives. You know, if we speak to yourself rudely or, you know, say like, oh my God, you idiot, you did it again. Like whatever it is, just notice what you do in your brain when you're running late, when you mess something up, when you see yourself in the mirror, you know, like what is it you're saying um, my coworker just gained a lot of weight in the last year. And she said, um, you know, she said, I just looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, you fat. And it was a word I can't say on the radio, you know, and it was <laughs> like that I almost said, so I'm glad you reminded me not to. Um, but it, it was, it was so cruel. Like it was so cruel to say to her body, you know, that, but that's, I think what a lot of us do, um, did you say anything in that moment to, to your coworker? Did you, did you like, did you stand up for her in that moment when she was saying negative things? I do. I'm probably so annoying. Cause I'm always standing up for everyone. And they're like, okay, Catherine. But I did, <laughs> I said like, Oh, you know, I said something like, Oh, come on, you look great. That's silly. Don't talk that way. Your body's, you know, doing a great job. You know, whatever I said, and she just rolled her eyes and walked away. You know, <laughs> right. Yeah. You can't hear it when somebody else is, you know, trying to defend you in that moment. Right, right, right. right. It is funny, but I do think, and, and, and I think too, like, um, there's that whole, I mean, just looking in the mirror at yourself with love, you know, and that one of the things is trying to speak to yourself the same way you would a child or a, a dog, a puppy, you know, like we're so much nicer to really everyone else but ourselves, you know. So when I'm often running late, so I, that's where I often see it is, you know, when I'm saying something like, you have got to be kidding, you did it again, you know, just to say like, hey, stop it, it's fine, it'll all work out. 
And I have found that I've done that enough. Um, Sharon Salzberg, the insight meditation teacher, has this wonderful story about uh, doing metta, which is loving kindness meditation, where you just kind of over and over again say, um, may I be happy? May I be peaceful? May I live with ease? You know, it's this beautiful meditation where you give it to yourself first and then, um, you know, to people around you and then to people who are challenging. You know, it's this practice. And she was doing it in India and like, you know, just kind of going through the motions. And then she suddenly got news that she had to pack quickly. And as she was packing, she dropped something. And usually she would have said to herself, like, oh, you idiot, you know, but she found herself saying, oh, honey, that's okay. You know, she found herself speaking kindly to herself in a way she never had before. And she realized like, oh, you really can train your mind to be kind to yourself relatively quickly. So I love that. So I think, you know, whatever you can do when you find yourself snapping at yourself to pause and speak kinder. Yeah. And I I think that what you touched on when you said that you have to retrain yourself, like you legit have to like not only pay attention to what your mind is saying, but like you have to act take active steps to rewire and repattern all those thought pathways because you know if you don't then all those grooves that you learned from the ages of you know being born to the age of seven all those really formative years are those are the things all those belief systems if you don't actively root them out and replace them with something that feels better that's that's what you know a lot of a lot of the stuff that we experience is very subconscious and it's it's yucky sometimes so i i like that you you know kind of it's specific it's it's a retraining process yeah yeah. And that I think we do, they're finding our brains are much more plastic than they ever thought. And you can teach an old dog new tricks, you know, that we have the like possibility and potential to totally change how we think. So I do feel like that's a lot of where it starts with so much of these things, you know, it's, it's in our brains. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, Catherine, we are kind of, we're starting to come to the end of the hour. Um, so can you tell people how, how they can find you? Um, what's, what's the best way that people, if they want to learn a little bit more about what you do, um, how, how can they find you? Yeah, um, I have a website that's weightlossforgoddesses.com. And people can sign up there. There's a um, sign up to get my email newsletter. And there's a sign up right now where you can get, a, it's a free 10-minute uh, body positivity self-love uh, meditation that's got Reiki infused in it. So you can um, sign up, get that, and then be on my newsletter. I also am on Instagram at weightlossforgoddesses.com if you're more of an Instagram person. And I have a Facebook group too. So you can uh, request to join that if you just put in weight loss for goddesses. So those are probably the three ways that I'm mostly engaging with um, the world. Fabulous. And do you have any, any last words of wisdom that you would like to throw out into the universe? I guess just to love your body. You know, your body is this incredible, beautiful instrument, no matter how old you are, no matter how it looks, no matter what you've been through. And that, you know, it's such a gift to be in a body. So just do take whatever steps you can to really honor that and appreciate that because it is such a privilege and you can totally shift how you feel in your body, which kind of shifts how you engage with the world. 
Beautiful. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for for sharing all of your all your knowledge and and all these kind of different things that you've developed through um, through the hard work of of um, you know connecting with your your own body and your own intuition. So so thank you for for creating a, a you know an interesting way that other people can can learn to do that themselves. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on and letting me chat about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and if you're just tuning in to Energy Matters right now and you want to catch the the earlier parts of this interview, uh, you can always go on to ReikiNorthampton.com backslash radio dash archives. Um, or if you're a podcast listener, um, you can go on and find the Energy Matters podcast pretty much on any platform. Um, and these episodes are always posted about uh, on usually posted on Fridays. Um, so you can always always tune in to those locations and catch this and all other um, interviews there as well. So have a great weekend, everyone, and be well.